0: From the Office of the City Auditor in Austin, Texas, this is Audit ATX, a podcast about the audits and investigations our office does to make Austin better for all residents. We're your hosts, Maria and Kelsey. In this episode, we're talking with Investigator Mike Yama about an investigation our office recently conducted. This investigation found that a manager in the Parks and Recreation Department accepted favors from an employee he directly supervises. Hi, Mike. Thanks for being here.
1: Hi, Maria. Glad to be back talking to you guys.
0: So, Mike, who was involved in this investigation and where did they work?
1: This investigation involved a superintendent of a golf complex for Parks and Recreation. His name is Nick Smitham. And just for a little bit of context, Nick actually lives on one of the city's golf courses full time. Um, And what this essentially means for our case and to sort of set the stage for the rest of our conversation is that he actually has a lot of his personal property out at this facility.
0: Okay. So he was a superintendent on a golf course and he accepted favors from an employee he directly supervises in that work. What kind of favors did he accept?
1: Yeah. So um, I'll talk a little bit about that in a second, but just to sort of give you guys a little bit of context um, as to why, you know, we're looking into this and sort of why it's important. City code generally prohibits employees from accepting or soliciting gifts, gifts and favors. So it also lays out some even more specific rules for supervisors and how they how they can or cannot accept gifts. Uh, so, for example, supervisors can accept gifts on you know special sort of occasions like their birthday, for example. That wasn't the case here. Um, essentially, what we had happen was Smitham accepted favors from one of his direct reports in the form of having this direct report, who is actually a mechanic for Parks and Recreation, help him. Fix several of Smitham's personal vehicles, and I think the fact that he lives on site at one of the golf course courses sort of adds to the situation here from a perception standpoint. And so, not only having staff see this go on, but also you know people just coming out to you know use the golf course in general can kind of see you know the city staff doing these things.
0: You touched on it a little bit, but can you elaborate on why should the city and particularly residents care about this case?
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, the city has standards of conduct that prohibit these kind of situations. You know, so on one level, it's important because we have a supervisor that violated city code. And you know, the city is an employer, just like any other organization or private company out there. And I think it's fair to say that we expect our employees to follow the rules that we have in place. I, I think I can also safely make the assumption that residents of the city of Austin would, you know, just want city employees to behave ethically. So, you know, that's sort of one piece of why I think people care about this. But aside from that, as you mentioned, you know, I, I did talk a little bit about perception. Um, and so how I would sort of apply that in this case is that it could look like Smithham is giving special treatment to one of his staff. Um, and, and really, that puts this this staff member in a bad situation because you know now there could be a perception that um, this guy's success is directly tied to the fact that he's performing these favors for his boss. Um, and we don't want to put staff in those kind of situations. And then w- one other quick note, I, I do want to s- go ahead and mention that none of these favors appear to have happened on city time. Set the record straight on that.
0: Did he direct his employee to do the work or did the employee offer to do this work? And does that distinction even really matter in terms of whether or not this would have been acceptable?
1: Yeah. So city code focuses on who received the gift or favor. So not it's not really so much important as to how the gift or favor happened, right? Like it, it doesn't really matter whether I offered you a gift or or you asked me for a gift. It, it really just, it, we're focusing on did you or did you not receive a gift your favor. So in short it doesn't really matter because it would be a violation either way.
0: Okay, and and did the manager did he pay the employee for these repairs?
1: We didn't find any evidence that that was the case. When we spoke to Smitham, he did he did mention, you know, that he would have been willing to pay for the, you know, for the work, but ultimately I don't we don't have any evidence that there was ever any money exchanged.
0: I can really see this question of like, okay, I didn't ask the employee to do the work. They offered to help me out. I didn't pay them. What's the real problem here?
1: Basically, supervisors should not accept a gift from their staff unless it's at a time you know, of personal significance or when you know gifts are traditionally given. For example, if there's you know a Christmas party or something like that. But I think really what what City Code is trying to get at here is. Trying to keep staff out of a position where, you know, if they perform a favor or give someone a gift, you know, to their supervisor, for example, you know, the supervisor might then expect or be expected to treat them differently or vice versa. And so that sort of principle of reciprocity is not directly part of, you know, any, any city code we have, but I think it, it's, it's pretty paramount in a case like this.
0: So, what has PARD done to prevent something like this from happening in the future?
1: So in response to our report, PARD management indicated that uh, they'd be taking steps to address this uh, specific situation with the employee. We have sort of a solution for that. Uh, I think on a a broader perspective, they also mentioned that they would be taking steps to ensure that all PARD employees go through the most recent city ethics training. I think really what they're trying to do is be a little bit more proactive um, and make sure people have the knowledge that they need to either avoid a situation like this or or navigate a situation properly, should it come up.
0: If the city could make one change to better prevent this sort of situation in the future, what change would you want to see?
1: Hmm, That is a great question. I think, really, I think the the primary thing for me is training. Um, Because, you know, as city employees, we're all required to go through annual ethics training, so like i just mentioned a second ago it's great that pard's taking steps to ensure that happens Um, i think there's so many unique situations that an employee could find themselves in that um, you know maybe the training doesn't speak to specifically or the the rules we have in place don't don't mention Um, i think it would be great if if the city could really try to maybe sort of compile a list or or a bunch of examples of how how to apply the city code or you know, the gift policies, for example, that we have so that if an employee finds himself in a situation that they're not sure about, um, maybe they have a, just one more resource that they can take a look at um, in addition to obviously you know, the ones in place with human resources and the law department and even you know, to some extent our office.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I can definitely see that just from doing these podcast episodes with, with you all who do these investigations. I've learned so much just hearing about these different unique situations and how the code applies. Um, so to totally agree there. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Mike. Yeah.
1: Thanks for having me. It was a great start to you guys.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Audit ATX. This report is available on our website at austintexas.gov slash auditor. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Austin Auditor. And subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Until next time. Bye-bye.